Survivor season eight, y'all. I'm going to just say it's season eight. It is all stars and it is a big one. So this episode might be cut up into two. Who knows? You're in the future. So, you know, but us in the past, we don't know. <laughs> it's a surprise. Ooh. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Escaping Reality, the podcast where us four cool cats and kittens try to make it through this world of COVID-19 so we don't go crazy, but it's already happened. It is what it is. I'm Nick, the annoying gay one. I'm going to give it up to my other friends here, who you all probably like better. Anna! Nick, I can't can't even lie to you right now. You just said cool cats and kittens, and I was going to use, hey, all you cool cats and kittens as my line, because it is so outdated at this point, yet (laughs) such a cultural moment. And Uh, I'm just, I'm so taken aback by the fact that those words just came out of your mouth, and I was going to say them. Guys, me and Anna have been friends for 10 plus years at this point. And so we're me just- Me and Stacey have been friends for that long. A mood. Oh. That person who just spoke up is Aggie. Guys, honestly, remember the Tiger King phase of quarantine? That feels like years ago. Like a full lifetime ago. Um, Speaking of Tiger King, the coolest cat and kitten we know. Hi, Stacy. Hi. <laughs> I did not watch Tiger King. I skipped that phase. I did the Love is Blind phase, and that's all I needed in March. So, Stacey, I didn't watch Tiger King either. <gasps> the Aquarius in me was like, no, everyone else is. Let us know in the comments if you want me and Stacy to watch Tiger King for the first time and discuss it with Nick and Anna. It's very important to me. But what else is important to me? Survivor season eight, y'all. I know we all kind of have our ideas on this season, so let's go around really quick and give just quick overall thoughts. Aggie, what are your thoughts right off the bat on All Stars? Okay, so I'm going to go in for 30 seconds on something that doesn't really matter, but here we go. So I, if you guys don't know yet, and you probably don't because reality competition TV is not really the genre for this, but I love a good rom-com. I, I absolutely see this live. Narrative. I see where you know where I'm going. Is. You know where I'm going. <laughs> but I live for a rom com. Nothing brings me more joy than watching two people fall in love on film and keep it. This season not only had all these beautiful elements of Survivor, a love story for the ages also emerged. One in which we end with a reunion of them getting engaged. And honestly, it's not what I deserved, but it's what I wanted and therefore what I got. And wow. What a gift to me during quarantine. So that's really sort of my overall feels about All-Stars. I also do love to see players you've seen and loved before or players that you didn't love um, or didn't think were that interesting and they somehow come back and make bigger moves or are more important a second time around, which you're like, I didn't know I wanted you to try again, but I'm so glad you did. It was fun and interesting because of them. I 100% agree. Uh, Stacy, what about you? Um, I really liked this season. It was fun to see people return because this was the first time, right? The players yeah, returned. The first time. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I mean, it was all returners. So that's a little different than like some returners. Um, I thought it was cool. I I liked the Rob and Amber love story. I don't, it wasn't as much as Aggie and Nick for sure. 
but I thought it was cute. <laughs> it's cool to see where it started. But yeah, I just thought it's cool just to see people who know how to play the game or at least have some experience doing it a second time. And I feel like there's less of the like initial shock of being there. And it's just like, let's hit the ground running, which is my kind of survivor. And Anna, what about you? I thoroughly adore this season. I love an all-stars season of any show in general. And I feel like we're so desensitized to it nowadays, like in 2020, like to be a reality star is such a common thing. It's so interesting to me to be like, you you have reality TV and the whole concept is like real people that we're going to take, pluck them from their lives and put them on TV. But then as soon as you do that again, then there are people that have already been on TV. And so we're going to see this kind of start to snowball into the idea of like, what is a reality star? And that to me is so fascinating. So it's, it's a season that I really wish I could go back and watch as it happened and kind of track that historically, but I can't. So we'll think <laughs> about it retroactively. Yeah. You can kind of track it, Anna. Like if we deep stocked enough, I think- I mean, we you, can, you can track it for sure and like go back and look at it, but I wish that I could experience it. Yeah. Like experience it in real time. Exactly. Oh, I get you, girl. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a fan. I think for me, an all-star season is my favorite season of any reality competition show. Like, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is the superior spinoff of Drag Race. All-Stars is just everything. Because it's people that you already know and you already love coming back to do it again. Talking about people coming back and the All-Stars, let's get into the castaways for this season. So this season we had three tribes, and they were made up of All-Stars, duh. (laughs) Uh, our fr- that was terrible of me. It is what it is. We're going to keep it rolling. We had first up the Sabogo tribe. And I'm going to tell you all the original seasons as well. So you can kind of have an idea of where they were. So we had Tina from Australia. We had Rudy from Borneo. Ethan from Africa. Jerry from Australia. Rupert Pearl Islands. And Jenna L from Borneo. And then we had the Mogo Mogo tribe. And this had Jenna M from the Amazon, Richard from Borneo, Colby from Australia, Lex from Africa, Kathy from Marquesas, and Xi'an from Thailand. And then our last tribe was Shapiro. And this had Rob C from the Amazon, Sue from Borneo, Alicia from Australia, Tom from Africa, Boston Rob from Marquesas, and Amber from Australia. Right off the bat, what were your thoughts on the castaways? What were your thoughts on who Survivor producers were like, these are the all-stars. These are the people who deserve to come back for an all-star season. Were there any players that you were super excited about? Were there anybody that you were like, why are you an all-star? Stacy? what about you if you want to kick us off on this? It's interesting because... I don't know. I think since a lot of us have recently watched season 40, so it's like we know who some of the greats are, but at season eight, to see who's like considered an all-star is kind of interesting. I wasn't surprised by, well, having only eight seasons, that is kind of hard to decide like who's an all-star. It's slim pickings. (laughs) Yeah, like I wouldn't have said Boston Rob was an all-star, right, at the time. If I had, like, if I didn't know how much more he's played. Um, But I would say the big, the two, mm, I don't know. There were a few surprises. Tom, I was just like, why are you here? Go away. (laughs) Like, no one needs you again. (laughs) I never wanted to see him again. I was surprised by Shean at the time. And then also Alicia, I was surprised by just because I feel like they went home pretty early. 
I was surprised by anybody who was brought back as an all-star that wasn't on the merge or like on the jury, their original season. Like uh, to me, like you got to make a big impact. And before I kick it over to Anna and Aggie, honestly, one of the biggest people I was surprised that came back was Amber. And spoiler, Amber is the winner of All-Stars. But if you watch her in Australia, there's nothing All-Star about her, in my opinion. She's there and she kind of blindly follows Jerry. And it's like, did she really earn her spot as an All-Star? And I feel like Amber isn't the only one. Like Stacy mentioned, Sheehan, Tom from Africa. I don't know. Anna, what are your thoughts on this? So my thoughts are you kind of have to think about it in two categories of how we're defining all-star. You have people who are great players, which is the case for a lot of the winners, or someone I think like Boston Rob, someone like Sheehan who had good gameplay in her season. And then you have, you know, a handful of people that are all-stars in the sense of their great television like them or hate him, like you have to admit yeah. that someone like Big Tom was, you know, he was good TV. You gave like good whether TV. he was problematic or not, like he had great sound bites. From a production standpoint, like he's someone that you would say, yeah, we're going to put him back on screen. And then there's people who you're like, oh, Amber, <laughs> you weren't a great player or good TV, but you're here. <laughs> so I, I do think you have to take into consideration, A, was everyone who made it to All-Stars a first choice by production? Mm. And B, I don't think that you have two people on this season who fill the same role. So I think Amber serves that like kind of unassuming, cute, small, hot girl mold. But like I can't pin down anyone else who fills that role on this season. Whereas on like an average season of Survivor, you usually see like one or two people kind of fitting that same mold. You have, you know, Tina who fits like the older woman model. You've got, I guess the closest you could kind of label together is like Colby and Ethan but then even so like Ethan was a winner and Colby was like didn't quite make it so I I do think that each sort of brings individually their own something but yeah lots to think about in terms of like how they chose everyone and like what sort of they were trying to fulfill with that well-rounded cast. Yeah Aggie what about you what are your thoughts? So being the nerd and like math (laughs) geek that I am I, on the first episode of this season, um, they like said the tribes and I immediately paused it, wrote down every tribe and who was on it, and then did an analysis by season, by winners, by gender, like really broke it down for myself. And then when we got to the merge, I looked at how many of those people had been on a jury before. I was a nerd. Like, All Stars, like Nick said, is one of my favorite versions of a reality TV show. Shout out to all my fans who love Top Chef and know that All Stars 1 is the best season of Top Chef that has ever existed. Fight me. Come at me in the comments. You're wrong. But, like, there is, and I agree exactly with what you said about, like, there's so many aspects to casting an All Stars season. And I think other shows where you have All Stars... It's a little bit different, but this show, Top Chef, a few, Project Runway, like sometimes the all-stars are not necessarily people who make a huge number of waves. They're casting for like types of people. And then you're also casting for like numbers in terms of like, honestly, meeting like diversity quotients, meeting gender quotients. They never, in Survivor especially, they never want to give an advantage to a specific gender in terms of like, you could form an alliance with that person and pick off the other gender. So there were three men and three women on every one of the three tribes. There were two winners whenever there was a winner on a tribe. Like they very 
carefully planned this. So my thought is, like you said, Anna, they reached out to a lot of people that they thought made good TV, would fit a mold, and then waited to see who said yes. And then they looked at like who else said yes. And it was like, okay, they fit a mold, they fit a mold. Now we have these people set in place. Who else can we ask to sort of fill in the gaps? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Amber was a gap filler. It may be backfired because she won, but it's also very interesting. There are five from Australia and there's four from season one. And I think that speaks to like the impact of Survivor so early on because so many of those players like, yeah, I'm in, I'll play again. It also, I think, speaks to like the strength of the season. Like love or hate Borneo, they made this game. And then, and I don't like Borneo. You heard me in episode one. It's not for (laughs) me. And season two, you have Outback. That is fucking good television. That season is one of the best. I I think it's going to be in my top 10 forever. We're going to watch all 40 seasons. I'm still going to have Australia in one of my top. So I think there's just a lot of aspects that went into it. But what is interesting about the merge, Mm -hmm. a lot of the people who make it pretty far in the season are not people who made it to the jury their actual season. Mm -hmm. Um, Amber was in the jury, but Rob wasn't. Jenna L was. Like... It's like half and half, right? So it's interesting that like they they didn't let anyone who got too close to the money the first time around get close to the money again. They definitely didn't let didn't let anyone who won the money get close to the money, but they didn't let anyone who was like in the inner circle of the money get there either. So it's just like there was a lot of interesting dynamics to what happened during All Stars. And it was just it was fun as like a data nerd to like look at it from that perspective as you were watching. So I think Aggie brought up this idea and it brings us into our next thought was that they did bring back four winners. And just to remind you all, that was Jenna M from who won season six, Amazon. We had daddy Ethan who won season three, Africa. Then we had queen Tina who won season two, Australia. And then the first survivor winner ever, we had Richard Hatch from Borneo. And so there was four winners who came back and right away, it seemed that they were targeted. There was this big fight just between the contestants and Ethan brought up at Tribal a couple different things that I wanted to speak on before I let y'all go off because I know we got some thoughts in here. But Ethan brought up the first time at Tribal, he was like, I would be smart to bring to the final two. Who's going to give me a million dollars twice? And he was kind of playing that angle. And then when that angle didn't really work out for him, he brought up the angle of, look, in a professional sports game, like, do they stop the team who won the World Series or won the Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl the year before? Are they not allowed to play this season? He brought up that angle. And yes, shocker, everyone, I know sports. He doesn't. (laughs) He looked those up before he... No, I know baseball and hockey. I'm from Buffalo. Anyway. We don't have a real baseball team, though, so that don't, that don't check out. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but they, he brought up this idea. Drag so, ass and a drag it. <laughs> it's minor league, Nick. Th- th- we're talking about Survivor. Anyway, I have thoughts on this, and I know they're kind of differ. Differ? They differ. <laughs> differ thoughts. <laughs> they differ from other people's. So, Anna, what, what are your thoughts on winners coming back? You know, I don't feel particularly strong one way or the other. You know, off the top of my head, I can't think of people that I would have wanted in the place of these particular winners. Mm. 
So I, I don't think I can make a strong argument to say like, oh, I don't think they should have brought back winners when like based on the sort of cast pool that we had, like I can't think of anyone that I would have found more interesting to watch. I think I agree with the sort of like, to quote Big Tom, this ain't last time, this is this time. Like it is a new game, it's a new season. So I don't disagree with the idea of bringing winners back, but something about it was like a little bit of a bummer. And I think it's because I just would have rather seen people compete who had come close and had that fight to really prove themselves and win it for the first time versus, you know, trying to prove that you could do it a second time. But again, I'm not actively against it either. And like, I don't know who I would have picked instead of these four winners to bring back. I didn't particularly love Tina coming back or Jenna M, but like, I I don't know who I would have put in their place. I think that's like where Survivor All-Stars kind of suffered was like, this was only season eight. So like, you didn't (laughs) have that much. And like, I would say maybe two or three of these first seven seasons, you didn't want many people coming back from them. Like Thailand, do we want to watch those people play again? No. So like, I agree with Anna. I just don't think you had other people to play. Stacey, what about you? Well, I was looking at the Survivor Wiki because it does show like who else they asked to play. They asked Sandra and that would have been great. But she still Uh had parasites from the last season. So she was like, I'll sit this one out. But that's the one other win. Like, her being there, I would have had no problems. Because I would love to see how many times her strategy can work. Yeah. But for the people, I mean, I again, I'm fine with them bringing back winners. I just feel like you have a huge target on your back as a winner. And I don't exactly get, well, like, again, they didn't have many to choose from. Because I think they should have had maybe two on all three of the teams. Like, it was weird that one tribe, like, didn't have any winners. But then the other two had too like I would just even it up if I was gonna do that but I was fine with it I think it I I do think seeing winners it's interesting to see like will they be able to use the same strategy like are they adaptable will they you know how I mean how far can you go when people know you have a million dollars so it is intriguing but again if I were there they would be like I would write a winner's name down every time (laughs) (laughs) shade Aggie okay I fall pretty strongly in that I think it's fine if they come back I'm definitely of the mind of Ethan of like, I'm also a Golden State Warriors fan. So like, come for me in the comments, guys. Like, I was totally fine when the Warriors had a three-peat. I just finished the last dance about Michael Jordan. I was so there for them winning six out of the eight years he played. Like, it means nothing to me. I have no idea. People will know what I'm talking about. You (laughs) don't have to, Nicholas. Anyway, so like, I'm definitely a believer in like, if you have the skill set and the ability to come back and win again, that shouldn't be held against you in terms of like opportunity to play. Let me put it that way. I think it's a target, right? So you have to be smarter than just like coming in and being like, I'm a winner. Like I know what I'm fucking doing. I think, and that was the downfall of most of our winners. I think Richard Hatch has the strongest way to get through this mire like quagmire because his role was provider right but then rupert kind of filled that role at times and so it was like shit like my reason for being successful because he has a lot of strategy but it's subtle richard hatch but his big thing was like if i provide for them they won't get rid of me and realistically they won't like you have to have something more than just your ability to play the game and i think ethan and tina and jenna m their strategies weren't adaptable in that way. Anna, you said something that I totally felt 
and now I can't remember. I should have written it down. Oh, I know, I know exactly what it was. Here we go. Okay, so Anna was like, I kind of wish we had seen a season where people who had gotten really close all played together, which I actually think we have talked to our other friends. We have a lot of other friends who watch Survivor and we've talked to them about Survivor too. And Ashley said to me, she was like, I think there should be a season where all the runners up play against each other. And I personally think that would be lit. It would be cutthroat as fuck, but imagine the television. Mm. Like it would be incredible. And it would be really fun to watch the people who got dragged to the final two who decide to come back and then just get immediately eliminated because they're like, you're weak and no one wants you here. It would give me life. You guys will find out in season 10. <laughs> she's coming and she's not worth your time but I think that I that aspect of like you almost had a million dollars like you could taste it and then you didn't get it is like a beautiful thing because we all I think Anna has not watched season 40 but the impetus for this reminder guys is we most of us watch season 40 winners at war and we're like fuck I now remember why I love Survivor and so the idea of pitting all the second place people together. I, oh my God. Wigglesworth would have been great on All Stars. From season one, Kelly Wigglesworth would have been great. I said that after season one. I think we're getting into this idea too because we are in an All Stars season that these people know each other, not just in the game, but they know each other outside of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, we see a lot of people hang out all the time. So they definitely talk and they're like, are you are are you going to All-Stars? And they're like, yeah, bitch. Because you know you're not supposed to. You know they got that NDA going on. But you know they're like, yeah, fuck it. And so we saw this idea of people coming in being like, Ethan, for example. Well, me and Lex are pretty close outside of the game. And we've kind of talked about All-Stars and we're going to have each other's back. So what are your ideas about people coming in with these pre-made alliances? And this is something that we see in future seasons when multiple people come back. In season 40, a group of them are like, we play poker together, we're going to stick together. It's this idea of like, you know each other outside of the game. So it's like, you have this alliance. What are your feels and thoughts on it, Stacey? I mean, I like it because, again, it reminds me of new school survivor, if you will. Um, <laughs> because the, at least in the past, like, 10 seasons, the, well, when they are, when there's, like, returners. So definitely for 40. And even for, like, I'm also a survivor nerd. I've watched some online, like, mini survivor games that the players play. And they do pre-game. What? Like, they call wait. each other. Stacy, no, Wait. <laughs> You may not continue until you explain everything about what you just said. And and or are we watching them together soon? I think it's only happened twice, but there's this thing called Sequester. That's like a game on Twitch. These are all, this is the nerdiest thing about me. Like I I just learned, this is what quarantine has done to me. I now know what the Twitch app is. Is this what that girl treated me about when she was like, do you want to play an online game? It might have been. I think there's actually a thing called Sequester that's, it's more like, big brother but it's like online kind of but over quarantine they've had two times where survivor players did it and this was i watched it the night before we started these chats and i stayed up to like 1 a.m like watching it so anyway it's funny because they the players said like oh yeah we've been pre-gaming like so-and-so called me like even for an online game that was worth no money like you don't win any money but they would call each other and so and we know they do it for season 40 so anyway all that to say I like just like that we're getting closer to that type of play where they're like, the game starts as soon as you know you're going on. So if you have any friendships, 
call them up if you you know if, if someone something like this is the time like do what so you gotta do Aggie, what about you? Like this pre-made alliances. Okay, first off, Stacey, I'm not done talking about this like sequester thing. Like let's talk offline when this is done. Like I need to see it. Maybe maybe these are special episodes that we talk about later. Like we find the bootleg of it. Because like I have questions. Well, and they did it with some international survivor players the second time around. Honestly, even better. I'm in. I'm in. I'm so down to watch. Um, All stars. Okay, so who specifically are we thinking of? I, I'm literally, like, I'm blanking. Were there specific players who came in and they were like, I talked to this person, or I, like... Well, Kathy had the idea that because her and Rob were very close outside yeah. of the game, Ethan and Lex were, like... Yeah, I feel like it was more they came in with this notion Tina. that their person from their season was going to be in an alliance with them, right. right? Which I think, we all know that they kind of... They don't quarantine together, but like they kind of quarantined together for like a week to two weeks before the show starts filming. So I feel like they talk, they talk to each other. You like, they see each other at meals and like, they're not talking strategy, but it's like, yeah, you are. Well, they're actually not supposed to talk during those times. Like they're being watched the whole. But maybe they're making eyes at each other. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, we see each other on the boat, you get it. But I, I think there's a presumption when you come in and then Jerry obviously like throws that out the window, but there's a presumption, right? That the people from your season are people you're going to vote with. And then Jerry votes out Tina first. She's like, got to get rid of her. And I'm like, she was on your season. She was like a built-in alliance. And Jerry was like, no. And then she blindsides Colby truly because she's like, you blindsided me, bitch. And I'm like, well, that's a choice. Also don't vote out my man. Like leave him be. Don't come for Jerry. I'm going to come for Jerry, like, just a smidge. Like, just a little. But I think this idea, right, of people from your season, you having an alliance with them, and you see this, again, we're foreshadowing a little bit, but you kind of see it between Bobby John and Steph when they come back. Bobby John's like, I wouldn't necessarily be in an alliance with Steph, but also, like, we do have had, like, a whole season together in the past. Like, we went through some shit. So there's something to be said for that. And it's interesting, right, that some of the players from previous seasons did stick together, like, Lex, Tom, and Ethan stuck together. They were separated, but at one of the swaps, I believe they came back together, or Tom and Lex came back together, and it was like, yeah, that's my boy. Like, he my man. And so I think there is an aspect to that, but it's interesting. Some players totally clung to that, and some were like, fuck them. I'll get a new alliance. Like, I don't care, which I think was really interesting in terms of, like, how that affected their gameplay. Would Jerry have gone further if she hadn't gotten rid of all the Australia people? Maybe. What about you? What is, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll keep my thoughts pretty brief because I think I can summarize them quickly in that I don't want to necessarily call these pre-made alliances. I would call them like friendships Mm. um, or relationships because definitely these people have, regardless of if they've made these like pre-game, we know we're coming on all-stars arrangements, which I don't think they can technically but again like who knows what they do behind closed doors but you can certainly say that like some of them probably know each other better than others and have interacted and like maybe they're going to end up on the same tribe maybe they're not and they're going to you know plan something later but we've seen time and time again on survivor like in seasons prior to this and in seasons after this that like your quote-unquote alliances and your gameplay is separate from like your personal relationships and i think we'll get into it more you know, in this conversation, but I think it's a dangerous game to play to try and rely on those outside of the game or even inside of the game friendships as alliances, unless you're truly going to be loyal to the end to one another. 
because then you get in, into, you know, all kinds of broken hearts and betrayals and nonsense. Yeah, for sure. And with that idea that we had all these people come back, we still had not one, but two players who left the game on their own accord. We had Jenna M who left and then Sue, both for very different reasons. And we're going to talk about each of them individually because we can't really lump them together because they are so different. So Jenna M left halfway, not even halfway through the season. I believe it was episode three. Um, And she left because her mom was really sick. And we heard about her mom being sick on season six in Amazon. Her mom had cancer. Jenna spoke in like a confessional and she was just saying, you know, my mom's gotten worse. And pretty much she was like, I don't know why I came here. I shouldn't have said yes to coming because I should be with my mom. Turns out after she left, her mom passed away eight days after she got there. So she made a good call in going home. But this did spark a conversation between the castaways of, well, why would you come if your mom was so sick? And before we get into this conversation, I do like want to say we're not trying to like yell at Jenna for leaving because her mom was sick. I think all of us on the podcast completely understand that. I think we're more so talking about why would you choose to come with your mom being that sick? And I think that's where the conversation lies And that's where the contestants' thoughts and the contestants' ideas lie as well. I think that's more of the conversation we're trying to have here. Anna, what about, what do you think of this situation? You introduced that so gracefully, Nick. Thank you. I'm a good person when I have to be. (laughs) Um, My thoughts, you know, with Jenna and with Sue as well, which we'll talk about in a minute, is that these are so, you know, they live in their own realm in terms of they're people leaving the game rather than quitting the game, right. in my opinion. Because um, we've seen a few people quit up to this point, or maybe just one, whatever. Austin. Austin. And has did anybody else quit? I no. think Austin was the first one, and Jeff doesn't handle it great. Right. So we, we see Austin quit in season seven. So up to this point, we've only sort of seen this handled with disdain. But I do think it's important to distinguish like those who in these instances like have a very clear cut reasoning behind leaving the game as opposed to just like, I don't really want to play it anymore. Like I'm kind of done. I'm kind of tired. Not that that isn't its own personal reason, but, and I think we see production try to handle it in, in a way that is respectful in that they, you know, they ask the other castaways for these sort of side confessionals to say what their take on it is. And, you know, I don't, I don't agree with what everybody says, but I do think that showing how everyone else is reacting to these situations is important because I, I do think it ends up highlighting that it is ultimately a very personal decision that both Jenna and Sue had to make. And I think it just further emphasizes that like the other castaways can think whatever they want about it. We as the audience can think whatever we want about it. You know, you can say coulda, woulda, shoulda. If I were in this situation, I would have done X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, like you're not in that situation. And it's a very personal experience and choice that's made that ultimately like clearly was the right one for both Jenna and Sue. So I actually think that by showing all the other castaways sort of talking about this is what I would have done, but like, this is what I think about what they did, ends up emphasizing the fact that like, it was a very personal decision that had to be made. No. Aggie or Stacy, did you have anything to add before we jump to Sue? Um, I mean, I didn't, the only thing I didn't really like about it was Jeff, like asking people about it in the moment. Like I, I liked the the interviews people had separately about it, but I just, I don't know. I feel like he, he wasn't as mean as with Austin, but I feel like he was still kind of like, 
so you're gonna leave right now like you you haven't heard from your mom like you're just kind of saying something feels off like you just I was like just please let her go and let's move on yeah I I think that was my thought too which I think we're going to talk about again with Sue even more so but it's almost like the producers didn't give him all the information so he's like trying to ferret it out like at the challenge because like he seems not shocked but like genuinely surprised maybe that they're actually choosing to leave. Like maybe they said to him, hey, Jenna's not feeling great. Like she's a little bit nervous about her mom. And then Jenna's like, I'm leaving. And Jeff's like, I'm sorry, pause. We're going to talk about this a little bit more because I was told that you just maybe were upset. So like, I'm going to ferret it out. And I'm like, Jeff, not the time, not the time, not the time. It's like, he wants to have his own reunion show, like right here in that moment. Like, hi, talk to me about this situation. Like I need more details. And it's like, Jeff, it's not the moment. It's not the time. But I think there's a little bit of like Jeff being strung out on a like clothesline and like the producer's just letting him flap in the wind. And he's like, okay, if you're going to let me flap in the wind, well, I'm going to try and stop it. And you're just like, okay, sure. That's not maybe what I want to sit through, but okay, Jeff. Okay. Speaking of Jeff kind of just being left alone, that brings us to Sue's exit from the show. And again, before we get into Sue, like I do just want to say again, like Stacy is a therapist, but like we are not qualified to talk about sexual misconduct in any way. We're not saying we're professionals. We're just kind of saying our opinions on the situation, viewing the show as a whole. And if that's a trigger warning for you at all, maybe skip five minutes ahead. We're not going to spend that much time on it, but we, we can't go through this season without potentially addressing it. So if that's a trigger warning for you, skip ahead five minutes. We'll talk about literally anything but this as soon as we're done. Exactly. So <clears throat> Sue and Richard Hatch had a moment during a challenge. Now, from the moment Richard comes back onto Survivor, it is very obvious that he is living up to the standards or the idea producers made for him from season one. You know, he was portrayed as the villain of season one, as the crazy, gay, naked guy. And so I think it's very obvious watching this season that he's like, fuck it. If that's what they want me to be, I'm going to fucking give it to them. And that's very obvious. He was naked for all the challenges he was present at, except for maybe one that didn't involve any physical movements. So yeah, so he kind of was just always naked. This particular challenge involved people walking across balance beams, walking in tight quarters, uh, brushing by people. And him and Sue were on a balance beam. And what happened was Richard rubbed his naked body on Sue and did a funny little dance in the moment. Not, he believed it was funny. I think as a viewer, we all kind of saw, this is not funny, this is uncomfortable. In the moment, Sue kind of let it pass, but I think we see with Survivor, when you're on an island, there's nothing to do, nothing to distract yourself with. You are there with your own thoughts. You are going to let something that may have just been little sit in you and you are going to think about it. And I'm not trying to say that like sexual misconduct in any way is a little thing, but I think this got really emphasized because Sue was truly sitting in her thoughts, thinking about this with nothing else to do. And it got so bad for Sue and she was very upset about this that she decided to leave the show. And before she left, had a very intense reaction to Jeff. And I'm going to say it straight up. I think she has the right to. Her eruption, I was here for. 
I love Sue. She's one of my favorite players from the show. And I think she gave, I think the speech and the yelling and like the eruption that she gave to Jeff was granted. The producers saw what what happened. 100% they saw it and they didn't do anything about it. In fact, like they like let Richard stay and play the game and they didn't like yell at him for it. They didn't try and stop him. There was no reason for him to be naked at that challenge. There's no reason at all you're walking across the balance beam. You don't need to be butt-ass naked. And they were doing it for good TV. And it ended up in a player being extremely uncomfortable. And they just let it be good TV. That's my take on it. Stacy. what about you? I know as a therapist, you might have a different idea. No, I mean, I agree. I think... I just keep thinking about like how many times we are going to see some kind of sexual assault or just inappropriate touching, you could say, in the show. Because, I mean, this is not the first time we've talked about it. It won't be the last time we talk about it. So it was just sad to watch because, she, like you said, she had all this time to think about it more. Richard wasn't on her tribe, so she, right? So she couldn't, like, go have a conversation about it. I mean... A lot of people might have said they didn't see it. Like, I think she felt very kind of like isolated and just like, am I, you know, like, I don't think I'm going crazy. I think this happened. But also when producers don't step in, then you're just like, am I overreacting? Like, it just becomes very, I mean, I'm just imagining I was not there, but I think it probably becomes very like confusing and just like you get pretty overwhelmed. So I think when she was talking to Jeff, I think that was kind of like, she had had all that time to really think about it. She had decided like, I'm going to speak up about this. And I think she told her tribe mates like that morning, like I am going to bring this up, you know? Um, And I just, it was hard to watch because I feel like Jeff was just like, I don't know why you're yelling at me, but he didn't realize like the extent of it, you know? Um, And so, yeah, like, I think it seemed like she was angry at Jeff, but obviously she, she was mostly angry at Richard, but also that no one stepped in. I think she was probably upset about too. So it was intense. I, I appreciated the other tribe, like she being like, I, I honestly did not see that. I'm so sorry. Like she seems so like supportive and she was basically like, I believe you. I just did not see that. Like we had no idea on this side. So I liked that, but yeah, it was hard to watch. I think before I let uh, Aggie and Anna speak on it, I think like we did see, Overall, players handling it a lot better than the situation in Thailand. Players were like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this happened. I am so sorry. We like They believed her story and they gave her that moment. Boston Rob, for like as sexist and misogynistic as he came off in Marquesas, straight up was like, I don't know what she's going through, but she's allowed to have those feelings and she's allowed to go through whatever she's going through and I'm not going to hold it against her. I was like, Boston Rob, go off. Can we have more straight men like you? Thank you. I mean, the bar is on the ground, but... Yeah, high above it. He high stepped across it. Yeah, like tripped across it. Yeah, exactly. But I think the players overall handled the situation better. But like Aggie brought up, the producers kind of just like left Jeff alone to pick up the pieces without knowing the situation. Aggie, what are what do you think about that? I think my biggest thing about it was that I think Stacey, you brought up the point that she does tell her tribe that she's like going to bring it up, and I don't think. Honestly, I don't think she was planning on leaving. I think she wanted to address it with Jeff. And then Jeff didn't respond the way she thought he was going to. 
and I'm not trying to put anything on Jeff and I'm not trying to give him any like deniability. Um, I think Sheanne said it really well. Sheanne was on the same side as Jeff and like they, Jeff was truly hung out to dry in this moment because Jeff didn't, couldn't see how bad it actually was. Like as a viewer, we had a better view, which is why I'm like the producer should have said something in the moment. Cause like you have the footage, you clearly saw it. Like it wasn't up to Jeff to say, Hey, like, no. And Jeff kind of, he's like, leave her alone. He says something to that effect. I don't remember exactly. Leave her alone is probably giving him too much credit. He says like, break it up or something. He's like, hatch, play the game. Like something like that. And it's like, you could have stopped, like the producers could have stopped production. Like we know you could have edited it together. together, So it looked like production hadn't been stopped, but you like lived under this guise of like, oh, they were in the middle of playing the games. Like it was too much to stop production in that moment. But then I think Jeff was like, he wasn't warned as to like how upset she actually was. And I think it's very reminiscent of what happened to Gandia, but Sue in like, be it her strength of character, be it how she was treated as an all-star, she felt empowered enough to be like, no, this is my truth. And like, this is something that actually did happen to me and it affected me greatly and I'm leaving because of it. Gandia like immediately felt from every angle that like somehow she was in the wrong. And I agree with you. I, I think the castaways handled it better. And I think Jeff didn't handle it perfectly, but like there was definitely this sense from the other castaways that they were like, if this is what you're going through, then you don't, you don't need to be here. And that's okay. Like we'll understand why you left. Um, so there was just a lot of, it was, it's a very complex situation. I cannot in any way say that I think Sue was perfectly right or that Richard didn't mean it. Like I, it's not my place to say, but I think, it's handled better than season five. It's not handled great. And I think the thought that anyone can be allowed to be naked in every challenge just seems like, or you're inviting good TV at the expense of like potential problematic things, which I think says a lot about what production valued in that moment, because they allowed him to be naked at literally every challenge. And not only that showed it on the season. I was like, I don't want to see Richard Hatch's blurred out penis this often. Yeah. Like you could have just edited him out. We know you can hashtag MTV editing people out of every season of television ever. Like you have the ability, you just didn't. So it's like, that shows a little bit about what production valued, whether or not Jeff and the other castaways valued that is a different conversation. But I think there was just like, why was he allowed to be naked that far into the season? Right. Anna, do you have any final thoughts before we jump? Just real quick, like, I I do think it's worth noting that when this moment happens between Sue and Jeff, Richard has already been voted out. He was voted out the night before, right? Right. So I do think in in some sense, production probably thought like, oh, like, at least he's gone. You know, Sue's having this reaction, but, you know, we can we can put it at bay by being like, well, he's gone. So we don't have to, you know, worry about it, which I think is just I mean, we don't know that that's what they would have thought or if they would have handled things differently had he still been in the game that next day. But I, I do think that it kind of speaks to their like, oh, we'll just like have Jeff bring it up. No big deal. Richard's gone and we can like settle it there and then. I will say the producers ask Richard to play multiple other times. He never comes back, but he is asked to play again. So I don't know. He's he's asked to play every chance that a winner can come back. And he can't come back because he didn't pay his taxes on his original winnings. So he can't leave the country because like um, America's like, no, no, you cannot be trusted. But he's asked back every time a winner can play again, he's asked. That yeah. says a lot about the values of production. 
Uh, and with that, we're going to put this conversation to bed. We're not the podcast to really diagnose or talk more about that. So that's our end of it. Moving on to our next big topic, the alliances that were there. So we talked earlier about these pre-made alliances, or Anna described them better as like friendships from the game. And I think we had three major alliances between two people that kind of were the most noteworthy or most notable. And that was, of course, Lexi, or Lexi, LOL. My favorite Survivor All-Star, Lexi. Lexi. Me too. Uh, That was Lex and Kathy. And that twosome involved Ethan for a little bit. I'd like to involve Ethan for a little bit. I only want to involve Ethan for a little bit. Um, And then we also had Rupert and Jenna L, which seems like the most unlikely pairing. And then, of course, we had Rob and Amber, who we are getting to them, everyone. Do not fret. Do not worry. They will be their own topic of discussion. But Lex and Kathy, I feel like the most unlikely pair. I said that about Rupert and Jenna L, but Lex and Kathy, come on, guys. What was that, Anna? (laughs) Um, Two of the most obnoxious survivors getting together and realizing how obnoxious they can be as a team. Don't hold any don't pull any punches there, Anna. I mean, it's funny because Lex is someone that the more I watch this season, the less I like him. And Kathy <laughs> is someone that the more I watch her season, not this season, their original season. So like the more I watch Africa, the more I like Lex. The more I watch Marquesas, the more I hate Kathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Retweet. Retweet. I, I find I find Lex to be obnoxious but somehow endearing. And Kathy to be, like, she starts charming and then just gets so annoying. That's how you feel. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Kathy and Lex besides the fact that they blindsided our poor baby daddy, Ethan? They get theirs in the end. They do. They do. Stacey, how dare they do this to our baby? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're not my favorite uh alliance ever created i don't i don't know i I really don't like kathy i just i had high hopes for kathy because she's from vermont and i lived in vermont for a while supposed to be very like progressive you know but she i mean just to quickly go back to when sue left she was the one who said i don't know what that outburst was i was very offended and i was like you were offended That did it for me with Kathy. Very true. I don't even <laughs> want to waste any more time on Lex and Wait, Kathy. can I make one point? Yeah. <laughs> so Lex and Kathy, if you actually look, they went out around the same time in their own seasons. So it actually doesn't surprise me that they allied together. Allied together. Um, so they were both third on their season, which I think speaks volumes of why they found each other. They understand what it takes to get to the end. So they understand the disappointment of being that close and then not getting it. So to me, it makes sense that they allied together. And they're also both like a little bit annoying. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like people who are not liked by others band together in their equal hatred of each other, of the others, because they're like, you are mistreating me or whatever. And I think it makes sense to me that they allied together. Whether or not I like it is a a different conversation. But I think their out alliance makes sense to me. Makes more sense than Jenna and Rupert. I'm like, what the fuck? Speaking of Jenna and Rupert, <laughs> we got to talk about them. And I will say, I do recognize that Jenna L, Rupert, Rob, and Amber were in a foursome alliance together. 
But within that four-person alliance, the two separate teams were Rob and Amber and Jenna and Rupert. They all were like, we're in this foursome, but once we get to the final four, we're splitting off. And that is what happened. They went to the final four together and then split off. So because Rob and Amber are such a monumental piece of this season, what are our initial thoughts on Rupert and Jenna L? Anna? Um, I mean, I think just like you said, they were this two alliances within an alliance. And I think, you know, every alliance stays together to some extent out of necessity, but like Rob and Amber stayed together out of necessity and like desire to stay together. Rupert and Jenna at a certain point, <laughs> just like, well, here we are stuck <laughs> together. Like, I think there's multiple confessionals where Rupert's like, oh my God, I wish I didn't have to stay with Jenna. And you're like, yeah, dude, that sucks for you, but you gotta... I think Rupert, you guys know, we just watched Pearl Islands. I'm a Rupert stan through and through. Even though he did better, like in terms of how long he stayed in the game in All-Stars, I didn't like him as much in All-Stars as I did in Pearl Islands, even though he made it further. Like he should have been top four in Pearl Islands and he wasn't. It was infuriating. And then when he was top four, I was like, ooh, I hate it. Um, but I think I think part of it was who he allied, he allied with. He made this conscious choice to go with Jenna. And you're totally right, Anna. Multiple confessionals. He's like, fuck this shit. Like, this bitch. Are we kidding? I chose her? What was I thinking? Because he, he, like, literally does not like her. He doesn't appreciate her. He doesn't appreciate her gameplay. Like, nothing. He's like, get out. But one of Rupert's beautiful qualities is his loyalty to a fault. One of his beautiful qualities that makes him the survivor that we all love is that he literally is like, I am loyal. Who I say I'm loyal to is who I'm loyal to. And I think that is why him and Jenna were so successful because we know this, I I talk about this, this is probably where it's going to come up first, but I will talk about this in future episodes. I actually think one of the best things you can have playing survivor is one person who you are never, ever, ever going to cross or lie to or say something untrue to. You're never going to like pretend something with them and then go tell someone else something else. There's something to be said for that. And because of Rupert's loyalty, that's why those two make it longer. Because you have to have like genuine, uninterrupted trust. And Rob and Amber have it because as we know, they're married now with four children. So like theirs came from a different place. But like, if you have that, it actually does work. And you see it in a lot of other seasons. Stacey, do you have any thoughts on Rupert and Jenna before we move into the big duo? I think the only thing we haven't talked about with them is just when it was the final four, like, and Amber won immunity. And then Amber and Rob are like, well, Jenna, this is a good time to ditch Rupert and just vote with us so we don't have to go to a tie. And I actually thought she was going to go to a tie for a while, so... I do commend her, though, for just doing what she needed to do to get to the final three. She was smart. I agree with you, Stacey, because I will say, if she went to the final two with Rupert, she would have lost. Yeah, which is what, that was Rob's argument to her. It was like, you know, we don't need Rupert there. Like, we don't need Rupert. (laughs) So Straight up. Straight up. Rob and Amber were like, we are hated by everyone, which we will see when we talk about the final tribal. But, like, they were like, if you want to come with us to the final three and have a chance, girl, you might win. (laughs) And with that, it's time we get to the moment we've all been waiting for. The Robin Amber Alliance. Not only (laughs) Alliance, the Robin Amber love story that lasted the entire season and straight up ends with them getting engaged 
at the vote reading, not even at the reunion. It's in the last episode before the votes are even read. I think the word you're looking for is finale. <laughs> finale. The finale. Finale. Um, you sort of was, struggled with vote. Yeah, whatever. Because the final vote is like when people are voting. <laughs> whatever. He proposes and like America was so invested in them. Not like, just America, me also. <laughs> Aggie's more than America, I guess now. But like everyone was so obsessed with them that like they were getting TV offers to televise their wedding. They were doing daytime talk shows for like months, even after the show aired. They Go were off. everywhere. And so it's just, it just has to be talked about. And I know Aggie has her strong feelings on this, so I'm going to let her go first. And then we'll hear Anna and Stacy, who have weak feelings about this. By weak, he doesn't mean that they don't believe in what they said. I'm assuming he means that they have negative feelings towards it. Anna, do you have negative feelings towards Amber Anna, and Bob? you say your feelings first. We'll get to Anna. <laughs> Did I ever have negative feelings? We will get to you, Aggie. Okay, so here's my tea. In retrospect, thinking back to when we watched this season, um, because again, we're filming sort of out of order, so just like bear with us. But I think when I think about this season, I didn't love All Stars when I was originally watching it. And then it came to a head and like you saw how Amber and Rob's love was actually genuine. And you were kind of like, oh wait, I'm like so here for this. This is so fucking cute. And for me personally, there's something beautiful about how this played out. I don't think we're ever going to see it play out like this ever again. Like even if people end up together from past, like from Survivor seasons, no one's ever able to like keep it going like through the whole season have them be your ally. Like there are people who find someone that are like, that guy's hot. Like let's make out a bit on the beach, but like, they're not necessarily allied together. Like people think they are, but they're also like sometimes trying to make other things work. They're willing to throw each other under the bus. Sometimes like Amber and Rob never did that. And my favorite, favorite two moments of Amber and Rob are the final two immunity challenges. Amber wins immunity and Rob literally goes, yes. Like, it over Jenna and Rupert Amber wins and he's like yes like because you he knew he genuinely was like that's my girl that's my future wife like no like I know she's taking me I'm not even worried I'm not even I'm not even concerned and I was like I just want someone to love me that much and then second I also think like there's I think there's debate around the final immunity challenge right because Jenna loses shock of the century. Um, and then it's the two of them. And Rob's like, should we even keep playing? She's like, and he's like, you're going to take me, right? And I'm going to take you. So like, should we even keep playing? And Amber like thinks about it for a second. And she's like, I feel like we should just play it out. Like, it's not that I don't trust you, but there's like a mutual respect there of like, we both came here to do this. So let's just see who wins. It doesn't really matter who wins, but it's now about like, we both came here to play. So let's fucking play. But, like, then after they vote out Jenna, they just have, like, the most beautiful little day together, being in love, and, like, kind of stressed about Final Tribal, as they should be. We'll find out in a minute. But, like, it was just so lovely. Oh, my God. I could go on about them forever. But I just, like, I love a love story. I love a rom-com. And it was, like, a season-long rom-com. Oh, I still fucking here for it. Anyway, I'm done. 
Oh my God. Okay. Anna, finally give us your thoughts. <laughs> um, I resent that you think that I have negative feelings on this. I don't have negative feelings on Robin Amber. I have, I think, lukewarm at best feelings about Amber. And that then informs my feelings about them as sort of a plot point as a couple. Um, I will say, though, I am gung-ho about what they represent in terms of, like, the power of parlaying your reality TV stint into a saga. So I'm all on board with that. I think just, yeah, my disdain for Amber as an individual sort of made it hard for me to, like, watch them develop as a couple and be excited about it. But certainly, once it was set in stone, I'm, you know, I'm all aboard the Robin Amber train. (laughs) Uh, Stacey, what about you? Yeah, I thought it was cool just to see how it all started. Because I didn't, I mean, I've seen, actually, well, until recently, I hadn't seen Amber's first season either until we started this. But I just knew they were married and I didn't know, like, how it happened, if they met playing together or afterwards. A lot of them become, like, connected after the show. So it was cool to watch. And it was cool how Amber the whole time was like, this did start just as me needing like a solid ally. But then I did develop feelings. And now it's more than that. And, you know, Kathy asked her that at um, the final tribal, which I thought I was like, is this going to change how you vote? But okay, that's an interesting question of like, is this real? Are you going to stay together? But yeah, I mean, it's just cool to know, like, it's not that Amber was just going in there like, trying to find a husband or something like she wanted to play the game but she also got a husband she also got a car (laughs) they both got cars they got a million dollars they got second prize as well she got a ring i mean they just came out on top and you know that's goals maybe one day i i feel like i loved watching their love story blossom so much because i know it works out Like, I know, like, they don't end up divorced. I know they end up together still with four beautiful children. I'm just like... Four beautiful children that they are, like, highly encouraging to play Survivor when they grow up. And I'm about Exactly. So it's just like, I'm just like, that's, I think, why... Because I'm usually not into love stories on shows. I'm just like, whatever. Like, because love is dead. I'm never going to find anybody. Like, I don't want anyone else to be happy. But I I was just, like, happy for them because I knew it worked out. With them, they played such a similar game, but they Mm -hmm. also played it differently in a way. And what I mean by that is like Rob was outright with all of his gameplay moves. Front and center, he was the one to kind of like shove it in your face that like, I'm blindsiding you. And like, Mm -hmm. it was known. And Amber was kind of like the neck that turns the head. She was with all of those conversations. She came up with a lot of those blind sides, but she was never the front man for them. And I think that's why Amber ended up winning. So what do we think about like the difference in the way Rob and Amber did that? Stacy? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that they were making all of the decisions together, but Rob was kind of taking the heat. And I mean, he chose to, I mean, I think he just did not think too much about how the jury would respond at the end. Um, Because he was shocked when Lex said what he said. He was like, it it was too bad that that was actually said first or one of the first ones because he was like thrown off for the rest of the final uh, tribal. But yeah, I think this was a good example of like, if you get to the end with your alliance, but they are like clearly the stronger one or like they did more of the dirty work then you can use that to your advantage. Like people might say you got dragged there and you can say, no, we, we talked about every decision. 
Like I, this is what I did. This is what I did. But I just let him take or whoever it is, take the fall. And that like, that's a great strategy. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a million dollar winning strategy. So. For sure. And I think the unfortunate part of this is you see a lot of people like viewers and like even some of the castaways be like, Amber didn't deserve to win. She only won because she was more likable. When in fact, it's like, no, she did the same moves that Rob was doing. She helped with those moves. She came up with them. She was just smarter to not say them out loud and to show off the bitchiness or to like, Mm -hmm. she let Rob take the fall so that she came out looking clean. Anna, what about you? You were making some faces. (laughs) I was making faces in reaction, but I, I totally agree. I think in any season of Survivor, you play a dangerous game when you try to make it to the final two with your tight alliance of like, like Stacey said, someone to be the sort of face of it all and then someone to do less of the dirty work, but make more of the goody goody friendships. And I think on a season with a different jury, if you had the same situation where the jury wasn't necessarily friends with these people like from the get go, you would have seen a different outcome where I think they would have respected the gameplay that Rob did more so and not been so bitter about the way he treated them as people. Like, I think a lot of that comes into play by the fact that like a lot of them did know each other before. And so ultimately they're more mad at Rob than they are annoyed with Amber making less of the obvious moves. But I think if you had seen maybe the same situation play out with a different type of jury, you would have seen them be like, oh, yeah, Amber, we get that, like, you made a bunch of these decisions, but, like, we didn't see you making the moves, so we respect the gameplay more. You know, I think I think it, this jury in particular, there's more of an effect on the final decision based on those those friendships. Yeah, for sure. Aggie, what about you before we move on? Okay, so I think this, I'll split my thoughts into two things. One, I'm going to talk a little bit about Rob, and two, I'm going to talk about Anna, something you brought up about the jury, which I think will lead into final tribal more discussion with Rob. Rob played a very similar game to the game he played in Marquesas in that like in Marquesas, Rob was there to fuck shit up. Like he came out guns blazing and that's why he didn't make the jury. He's the last guy out before the jury because he came in like guns blazing being like row two. They're like one, they're like trying to get everybody out. Like you guys aren't recognizing it. Everyone kind of didn't listen to him. And then the next episode, they see it literally play out in practice and they're like, shit, Rob was right. And he played the exact same game in All-Stars. Like, he learned nothing. The only thing that helped him was that Amber was, like, the nice face that people kind of forgot Rob was playing that game sometimes. They didn't forget at Final Tribal, but they forgot in the season. Like, Amber would go and, like, smooth things over and, like, talk to them before like Rob would be like we have to get this person out and I'm gonna go tell them and Amber would be like I agree with you that's who we're voting out but like you're not gonna do it that way because that's stupid and she they still ended up making all the same moves right like she was so involved I think because they were so close and like again we know they end up married so like it's like cuter but I think she was more she was like again I think Nick you said it well with neck that moved the head but she also like was like the pretty face on the head if you will like People were not mad at Amber in the moment when things like this were going down because she kind of like covered up Rob's like aggressive version of what he wanted to do. And she like helped smooth it. Anna, you brought up a really good point about the jury. And I actually wrote in my notes about halfway through the season or like when the jury started to sit in the episodes. I actually think 
that if we had had a jury of people who had made it further in their seasons, you would have had a game recognized game jury instead of a salty jury because they would have been like, I know what it takes to get to that point. There are some people, don't get me wrong. There's some people in the jury, the second, like in all stars who made it close to the end. So it's not like a perfect idea, but I did wonder as I was watching, I was like, I wonder if they had winners on the jury, if it would have been different, like the vibe would have been different. I just don't think there was ever going to be game versus game when you had these people who so badly wanted the million dollars because there was no one left to be a voice of reason of like, guys, can we look at how they got there though? Because it's pretty fucking cool. Like it's pretty cool that like they were able to like fully rely on each other or that they were able to somehow convince us that what they were doing wasn't that bad. Also Lex, stop being salty that Rob played like fully played you get over yourself. Get over okay, we're dancing on this topic of the jury that was just so salty, so much salt. Like, calm down, salt. Get me a margarita, because I need it. <laughs> calm like, down, calm down, salt. Top ramen, sodium is high. <laughs> Aggie kind of, like, gave us her feels on this salty jury, but, like, just to, like, put it out there so we're all aware, like, Lex and Kathy fully attacking Rob's character. And the biggest annoyance I had with this jury was Lex. Because he was like, not only did you go against an alliance, you went against a friend. And with that said, the week before he was eliminated, he voted out Ethan, a big member of his alliance. And one of their, like, they have called each other, like, best friends outside of the game. So, like, you are mad that it worked against you, but you were happy when it was working for you. And that is my biggest annoyance. Like, whenever a jury member's like, you did the smart move and got me out, even though I tried it and it didn't work out. I'm bitter. Ugh. Such a salty jury. So much salt. Anna, do you need a margarita because of the salt? Always. Always need a margarita. <laughs> Same. No, but I think I think sometimes we see the jury, and I think this is one of those cases, um, they have to take out their anger on someone. Like, I think in this situation, like, if I were Lex, I would take out my anger on Kathy, because she's the one who was like, I'll give you my immunity necklace. And then she just, like, reneged on it. Oh my god, I low-key forgot about that. <laughs> right? So right. I'm always in the camp of, like, is rob who you should be mad at like no it's kathy but i'm sure by that point those two had either hashed it out already at like the loser's lodge or like <laughs> the ponderosa it's called but I like loser lodge, lodge is better that's what we're calling it from now on it's not um, canon but i'm about it i definitely didn't coin that so like not taking credit but they had either hashed it out or you know they're memory was blurred by their anger for Rob. But like, I do think probably in a lot of jury cases, their their anger is misdirected at the only possible person they can throw it at. And so it's like a little melodramatic for my taste. Yeah. Stacey, what about you? Any thoughts? I think juries need some like group therapy before final trial. <laughs> yes. Go <laughs> off, therapist. Go, Stacey, go. I mean, I'm sure they either the producers like hype them up a little bit to get them angry or they just know this is their last moment of fame or something. Like some of them have been out for a while and they're still so angry. And it's like, just move on. Like you're still not going to get the money. So just like think about who actually played well and who beat you, which is Robin Amber. I mean, they beat you. So I just thought there were so many, like 
Tom, why are you still mad, Tom? You are not going to win. You shouldn't have been there. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I think like, it is worth noting the best jury performance, though, was Queen Sheehan. Yes. And she is our honorable mention for All Stars. She was honorable mention for Thailand. She, oh my God, my favorite player this season. I don't know where it came from. But dear God, she was everything to me. And her performance at Final Tribal is the reason why. She was the only person who came up there and was like, look, y'all, you are bitter because they did it better. Don't be hypocrites because you did the same thing. You just sucked at it. And I was like, Sheehan, yes. And I also, it is also worth noting, Sheehan, from the moment they merged, was like, guys, Rob and Amber are going to make it to the top two unless you make a power move on them. And everyone was like, no, 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 we're in an alliance with them. And she was like, but you're not. They're only in an alliance together. And they're like, no, 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 we, that's not true. And then guess what happened? So Sheehan is the, the smartest and the best player of Survivor Season 8 All-Stars. I love her. Aggie, you're giving me fingers, but, like, fight me. Oh, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Oh, I agree okay. with you. Okay, <laughs> so... No, you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the beauty of what Shein said and, like, the just hilarity of the whole situation, Shein's like, first off, she just shows, rolls up, and she's like, I just need to start with people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Okay, moving on to Rob and Amber, and I was like, bitch, what a way to start. What a way to fucking start. She's like, really? Really? That's what we're going to do? Okay. And she also felt like me as a teacher, when a second grader comes up to me, and she's like, Miss Cummings, so-and-so did this to me. And I'm like, you did it to them also. Like, move back. Deal with this. To Be better than this. Be better than what you're doing right now. But regardless, so I think she ends so beautifully said also. She does. You're totally right, Nick. She go- All season, she's like, if you don't get rid of Robert Amber, they're going to win. And everyone's like, no, no, no. But I'm like, the hilarity of it to me is I'm like, they weren't in an alliance with everyone. And everyone thought they were in an alliance. Like when Lex saves Amber and like Amber comes back, Rob, she doesn't know that Rob said to Lex, like save Amber. So Amber on the other side was promising everybody everything. Like she had promised everyone everything. Like keep me, keep me. If you keep me, then like, it's going to be fine. And she had promised them, like, Rob will protect you, blah, blah, blah. And then they get together. They finally get back at the merge. And she goes, Rob, I've promised all of this to these people. And he's like, well, I promised this to all of these people. So, like, at some point, it's like, she ends the only one who, like, wisened up and was like, they're not in an alliance with all of you. And none of you are, like, paying attention to that? Cool. That's a choice. Like, live your truth. But that's dumb. And so I think she just, oh my God, when she rolled up and said this shit about glass houses, I was like, go off queen. Just, just go. Just enjoy. That was great. Stacy or Anna, do you have any thoughts on Sheehan before we move it along? I just, I love her. I loved her both seasons. So even though I was surprised she came back as an all-star, I was glad. So. I was shocked she came back as an all-star, but so happy she did. Anna, what about you? Yeah, I mean, same. I wouldn't have picked her to come back, but she she sort of proved that she was worthy of being there. On to our next topic, and we usually don't bring up the reunion, but this reunion was something else, y'all. <laughs> if you usually don't watch reunions of Survivor, you need to watch this one, because let me tell you, shit had layers. So 
It did. It did. And everyone's laughing at me on this call, but bitch, it had layers after layers. So it all is said and done. Amber wins. Rob and Amber are now engaged. They are now $1,100,000 richer with two brand new cars. And they go into this reunion. And this reunion is in Madison Square Garden at the Hulu Theater. I don't know if at the time it was called the Hulu Theater, because I don't think well, Hulu Certainly not. I don't think Hulu yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> so it was called something else, but we know it now as the Hulu Theater. And it is filled. It is filled, man. Like, so many people are there. It was very obvious that America had a lot of feelings on this season and a lot of feelings about the contestants. And some contestants knew how to handle it, and others did not. Anna, I know, has so much. What do you want to say? My biggest takeaway from the reunion is you sort of hit this point where Survivor is this huge phenomena, and you have to acknowledge that it is what it is because of the fans and the audience. It would be nothing without them. On the flip side, you have these people who, at the time, you know, the idea of being a reality star was still so new that they they want nothing more than to be seen as real people and to be respected, you know, outside of the context of the character that they were portrayed as on the show. So you have this moment that comes to a head where Jeff is asking Jerry a question and Jerry, you know, notoriously was pinned as the villain and was portrayed as the quote unquote villain, which I don't necessarily agree with. Listen to our podcast about Australia. You'll hear my thoughts. Anyway, Jerry says something to the effect of like, you have to remember that we're real people And the audience just goes off. They boo her so aggressively. Mm. And Jerry gets very upset. Cut to commercial break. We come back and Jerry has left. Jerry's left the reunion. And Jeff's like, as you can see, Jerry walked out. And it's clearly, you know, because she got this, this gut reaction from the audience. And to me, you know, you can view it on the one hand as like, oh, boo hoo, Jerry. Like, come on. These are the fans. Like, they make the show what it is. Like, don't be a negative Nancy. Like, you're taking this too seriously. But on the other hand, like, they booed her to the point where she could not get a word in. There was no crowd control. Just production wasn't quieting the crowd. I don't know whether they chose not to or they just couldn't based on the logistics of the venue. But you kind of see it happen throughout the reunion where the audience is just allowed to kind of run rampant with their sounds and their cheers and their reactions, which again, on the one hand, they should be able to do that and voice their opinions as fans. But at the same time, like the show is still the show and you have to let the show speak for itself and let the castaways speak for themselves, especially in the context of a reunion where the entire point of the show is for them to like say their piece. It's not, you know, Survivor Live where the audience gets to say their piece. They should be able to react, but not to the point where you cannot hear the contestant speak and that Jeff cannot ask a question. So that's my take on the whole thing. I think, again, Jerry was done dirty. Classic Jerry. Did the audience have a right to boo her? Yes. Did they have a right to boo her until she literally could not speak a single word over them to the point where then it had to cut to commercial just to shut them up? No. Rude. Not how television works. (laughs) That's my tea. Okay, so here's my tea a little bit, Anna. I actually think she was more of a villain in All Stars than she was in Australia. I agree with that particularly America's sweetheart, Colby Donaldson. Colby Donaldson, like, triumphed over her in Australia. And I'm not saying that he was perfect. We talked about this in Australia. He didn't do everything perfectly. But the man's a 12, just let me have it. And she blindsides him. And it made America sad. And I think that literally, like, one interaction 
And they were like, we're done with Jerry. We didn't like her in Outback. And now she's just, she's gone off. Like she is an actual villain. Like the villain edit is worthy of her in this, in All Stars. Like she is scheming the whole time. And she's like, I'm going to get rid of Colby because he got rid of me. And I'm like, bitch, go off. Like live your truth. We love a strong, independent woman, but like, okay, why is that what's happening? Wow, you're going extra in here, Jerry. Okay, girlfriend, live. I'm and holding so, my tongue. Like, here's the thing. I actually think leaning into the villain would have been better for her. Agreed. I think when you own the villain, it's less annoying. But when you're like, I'm not really like that. I'm like, it's a television show. We know you're not like that. I think um, Richard Hatch said this perfectly and like as problematic as Richard was in this season he at the reunion like Jerry left and Jeff pointed it out to Richard and was like how like what what's your take on this on the situation since you are a villain character and he was like you said it right there we are casted as characters and we are casted to fill this archetype of these types of people and he was like we're going to be portrayed in, in a certain way and we need to own up to that and then it also gets into this idea, and I watch a lot of reality TV, as like we all know it. That's why we have this podcast. I don't like the idea of being like, it was the edit that made me look this way. But you gave the producers something to work with. You said those things. You acted that way, girl. Like, you cannot be like, I'm actually a super nice and kind <laughs> person. You can. 100% you are. In the game, though, you gave the producers that footage. You gave the producers that commentary. You said those things. You did that shit. And, like, in the real world, you maybe are a nice person. But in the game of Survivor, you come to play. And so you are a villain. You can't go back on it. You filmed it. There is footage of a girl. I think that's my take on it. Anna, Anna, you you really want to say I have so much more to say. I'll keep it very short. Um, I agree with you. You you can't edit something that someone didn't make happen. Agree wholeheartedly with that. But you have to acknowledge that like we're, we're only shown you know however much percentage of the time that's filmed. So you you have to acknowledge that like you can be given an edit that doesn't show a whole person. Like an edit can be skewed and can be manipulated. I'm not saying that if you get you know an edit where you get a bitch edit. You said all those bitchy things, you did. But those things are then taken out of context, grouped together in a way that steers the audience to believe something that may not necessarily have been true to fact. Which, again, I totally agree with you. I think you should own that. But the difference here is like, yeah, it's all fun and games listening to Richard Hatch say, like, you got to own your shit. Um, When you can hear him, the audience is not literally screaming over him. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do think Jerry was treated poorly at the reunion, but I do, like, I do agree with Aggie in a sense, like a way to combat that is she should have owned it and she, like they would have shut up, but she was trying to play a different card. And then she also like blamed it on the audience. Don't yell at the audience for having reactions. Like I get it. Maybe you're upset by it, but you're nothing without them, darling. Drag yeah, And I think it's a cultural reset of like, oh, this is a big deal. People are paying attention to this show. For sure. For sure. I think other notable things about the reunion and Stacy, I want you to pop your head in. Cause I know you have thoughts is they had a fan favorite vote where they gave a second million dollars away and surprise, surprise. The fan favorite was Rupert. We all knew that was coming. They announced it. And Sue literally goes, Oh, we'll just give it to Rupert now. And I was like, 
the fucking truth tea in that, Sue. Stacy, what are your thoughts on this random fan favorite vote we did? I had actually forgotten about that because wasn't that like a whole nother episode? Yeah, it was <laughs> America's like Tribal Council. They really drug this out. I, I mean, I just thought it was very interesting. I was like, oh, so you don't have to win the game. You just have to be like, again, your character. Because who do, I still think Rupert has some anger issues from the first time he played. Aggie, plug your ears. But like, I think he is a little much. And because they edited him as like the true survivor man who fishes and loves the sea or whatever, he now gets a million dollars. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just... I don't know. The scene. <laughs> and like all like who were the the top people? Because it was all they men. All men. They were all men. The other ones were the hot ones. Yeah, so the three hot men and Rupert. Those were the top four. Um, actually, I believe Big Tom was there too. I think she had <laughs> made it there too. Oh, really? No, okay. I think Tom was involved. It was I Big Tom. Big Tom. Oh, it was Big Tom. Jk, got a blast. Okay, wait. <laughs> So I wrote in the chat that maybe the reason we were more mad at Jerry being a villain than Richard was because she was a woman. And now I'm thinking that, yeah, that's probably a thing because also America was only voting for men to win the million dollars. And I think with the fan favorite vote, there's a lot of people who say like survivor fans, just like survivor culture in general is kind of like Amber maybe is like a contested winner. Like, she maybe shouldn't have won. Um, And I actually, after listening to this, I hope you think that I don't agree with that. I think that she played a game and, like, people were bitter and they wanted their favorites to win. So I think... Anybody on this podcast believes that Amber is a bad winner. I think we're all in agreement that she won that game Mm -hmm. fair and square. Thank God. You heard it here first. The hot take. Amber deserved her win. But um, there's like this idea, this pervasive idea in like the history of Survivor that Amber didn't really deserve to win season eight of Survivor. And I think that's compounded by the fact that then you let America vote and then America was like, we're going to give the million dollars to Rupert because we think he should have won instead. And it's like, you've now just devalued the person who you gave a million, like give Rupert a hundred grand, like give him second place. Don't give him first place money. He didn't fucking win. And I think that's like not fair to Amber, but also a woman. I just like, I have a lot of feelings right now about women and how they've been treated in the last two episodes of this season. But I'm like, I, I, I agree with my previous statement. Jerry should have leaned into the villain thing. She should have just leaned in because she could have been like, yeah, I am a villain. Isn't that more fun? <laughs> If you've seen Descendants, you know it is more fun. But second, like, I just, I feel like there's this idea, right, that you took away the win from Amber by giving it to Rupert in the, like, within minutes. Like, you were like, remember we had a winner? A week later, you're going to get a new one because you picked it. And I'm like, fuck that noise. Like, no. Also, we got a whole episode. Like, there was a whole episode about voting for this person. It was like it was the real season, even though it was not. I don't know. I feelings i have feelings about it i don't love it i'm gonna jump in really quick to just corroborate Dude, wrap us up on this wrap us up on the reunion talk. <laughs> i'm gonna wrap us up on the reunion because aggie you're exactly right and to go back to what i was saying kind of about jerry and tie it in to this fan favorite saga of a second reunion show i do agree i think they should have given him not winner's money but like some other amount to not take away from amber but 
again, it plays back to that like role of the audience and Survivor has become such a huge phenomenon as evidenced by this season and this <laughs> double reunion special that you have to bring that fan base and engage with them and make them feel like they're a part of things in order to keep them on board. And I think that fan favorite vote to say like, hey, you've been watching, you're clearly passionate about this. You guys decide is such like fan service in that way that I think that this was a point at which it needed to happen in order to keep the show going. I, she said it well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And I think the perfect place to just wrap up this reunion talk. And we're going to take it, put a little bow on it. And guys, I, it's finally time to get into rapid fire. This episode has been so long, but All Stars is such an important season to talk about because it truly gives us all the tea that we want from Survivor. And so it sets I- us up for what we have going forward. The idea of people coming back, the gameplay that works, the gameplay that doesn't, like it just, without it, we wouldn't have Survivor where it goes. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, some of the next seasons aren't the best. Vanuatu, you suck. Anyway, rapid fire. Let's talk about, I say the worst all-star, but my idea with this question is the most disappointing all-star. Who came back and you were like, damn, you were not who I wanted you to be? Stacy. I mean, is it a secret? It's Tom. <laughs> I didn't ever want to see him again. It's not that he played terribly the second time. I just don't like Tom. That's Got all. You. Anna? Uh, for me, it's Tina. Not only was she voted out first, but I think if you're going to bring back a boring winner, you might as well at least bring back Vesepia for some diversity. God bless. Bring it up. And then Aggie. A moment, Anna. Mine was Rudy. Um, Just because I loved Rudy in season one. I did. Like, I loved him. And then he, like, kind of broke his ankle and couldn't participate. And then he was also, like, 70. And so, like, RIP, we love him. I really liked him in Borneo. I Him and his, like, one-liners about being friends with a homosexual, I'll live forever. Mm-hmm. Like, they were hilarious. But when he came back, I think he was a little too old for this game. But I was disappointed because his performance was just like nowhere near what it was in Borneo. And that was like hard to watch is more what I meant there. Um, and my last one, like for me, I looked at this as somebody who came back that I wanted them to come back and then they didn't live up to it. And that was Rob C. Rob C was so oh. strong in Amazon. He was so good. And he would have gone on the way if jenna m didn't just win immunities all the time and i wanted him to come back and be that same player and he just was not and i was really sad um and then speaking of players who came back who on all stars do you want to see come back for a third season who do we want to see play again we already know some of them do but who do you want to see on your screen again again (laughs) aggie i mean is it bad if i just pick the ones i find hot we get it it's ethan yeah it's like we are an daddy ethan but like it's mostly because he's attractive but also like i just like he has a calming energy that i really like like he's just kind of he's there he speaks his piece when he needs to but he just like i think that's why he won africa like he just kind of was able to talk to people and like get true reactions out of people, but also, like, show up in challenges. He wasn't super physical. Like, the man's just good at his game, and we all know he ages like a fine fucking wine. He can play in every season. I'm down. What about you? You say me. 
Yes, they say. Oh, well, you reminded me about Rob C. And I would, I feel like he didn't get a fair shot this time. So I would definitely go with him. Yeah, I would go with him. Anna, what about you? Hey, yo, gotta go with my girl, Jerry. I'm a Jerry stan. <laughs> I just want to see her succeed. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody likes her, but I liked her. Jenna L. I, I was I, about her. I like she's her. She's a good one, Nick. She's a good one. We all okay. agree with you. Uh, we don't. I like her. I want to see her play again. Also, nobody mentioned it, but like, can she Ann play again? Just for like the drama and the tea. True. I don't know. People Hot in take. glass houses. Hot <laughs> take. Um, the next is what was like the shadiest or the biggest blindside moment? And this isn't like to say it wasn't a good moment. It was like, which moment made us be like, oh, shit, they did that. Go off. Yes. There's actually so many. There's a lot. And that's why I picked it in rapid fire, because we could all have different ones. I have mine ready to go. I will jump off. When Rob M. straight up told Lex, yeah, I'm not following through with that that promise I made you. Because Amber and Rob M. were separated. And Rob whispered to Lex at a challenge. was like, you protect Amber, I'll protect you. And then finally, then Lex did it. And then they merged. And Boston Rob was like, LOL, I'm not doing that, please. Thanks for saving her, though, you idiot. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Go off, Anna. Um, shadiest moment during the challenge wherein they were tasked with building a shelter in their camp. And Rupert suggests to his tribe... I'm going to dig a hole in the sand. That should be our shelter. And they all turn to him and they say, um, are we sure about that? And Jerry says, um, I don't think that's a very good idea. And Rupert says, no, it's what we're doing. And they dig a hole in the sand and it's the worst mistake of their lives. <laughs> I don't know if that's shady, but to me, it's it was sh- a good moment. It's a good moment. Aggie. Um, okay. So I actually love this season for the blind sides. Um, it's hard for me to pick. There's so many good ones. Stacey, do you have one? And then I'll pick based on what's left. Well, mine's the same as Nick. Like, Rob doing that, I was just like, that is savage. <laughs> like, he has not, he's ruthless. He is ruthless. Because he said, I said I would do my best, but I can't do it. Like, it was like, he's like, it's out of my hands. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's out of my hands. It's literally not. You literally are the puppet master this whole season. Like, it's literally not. And you just pretended it was. Okay, I'm going to go off on, like, three other ones that I feel like we didn't mention but should. Jerry getting rid of Colby purely out of spite from season two. It's six seasons later, and she's still bitter. And she's like, nah, I'm going to do it. And she did, so, like, props to her. Getting out Richard. He had no idea that was coming. Not a clue. Not a fucking idea. Um, and then also getting rid of um, Ethan. Lex went back on his one true alliance to get rid of Ethan. Like, those are three huge blindsides that, like, just, like, made the game what it was. It's, oh God, All-Stars is so good. It was such a good season. All right, and then my last rapid-fire question. Who would you align yourself with in this game? of all stars stacy take it home um i would say i'm trying not to forget anyone but i uh, i don't know i like a few of them i think i would say rob c because he is very smart uh aggie um one i'm a rupert stan so it'd probably align with him but i'd be a better person than jenna l he wouldn't be giving confessionals that said 
I hate that I'm in alliance with her, but I'm going to be, I'm going to work with her because that's my alliance. He'd be like, Oh God, I made such a great choice in Aggie. What a pair we make. Let's take this all the way. Like that would be all his confessionals. And I'd be like, same. Anna, what about you? Um, I know I keep giving the same answer, but Jerry. <laughs> oh my because, God. Because clearly not well liked. Um, she has really good, smart ideas, but nobody listens to her because they hate her. Um, so I would align with her. I would be the mouthpiece for all of her good ideas. And the tribe would be like, wow, that's a great idea. You're so nice and carefree. We'll listen to you. I'd take it. Jerry's Amber. Exactly. And then they would vote for me because they can't fucking stand her. And they wouldn't listen to her when she would be like, no, those are my ideas. And they would just boo her. (laughs) And I would take the million. Savage. Um, I would pick Sheehan because you know what? She is smart and observant and she saw through the other players. So I would 100% use that to my advantages. I want to say though, walking onto the beach, if I'm on a team with Colby or Ethan, the only thing I'm doing is talking to them. I'd be like, hello, Colby. How are you? Colby would say like one thing about make America great. Like you just know that's him. But Ethan would never, Ethan would never. Your fave is problematic. And on that (laughs) note, bye. Thank you so much for that beautiful outro, Nick. No one has ever done it recording them in post. I know. No one's ever done it better than you. <laughs> Guys, that was fun. I love talking about All Stars. That was really fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like and we'll try and work on it. If you want to follow us on our social medias, we have Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod and on Twitter, ESC Reality Pod. We'd love to hear what you have to say about Survivor. Did you like what we had to say? Did you not like what we had to say? Let us know. And of course, if you are a past contestant of Survivor, come at us, slide into our DMs, let us know that you want to be on the podcast. We would love to have you. We are putting out new episodes every single week, so make sure to come back for more. And as always, thank you for escaping reality with us.